You have a dog? Do I have a dog? Yeah. Well, you know what they say. Nature abhors a vacuum. I think that was Newton. Nature abhors a vacuum. But so does my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a dog. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, July 1st. Happy Canada Day. Happy birthday to my wife, Nora, and happy Bobby Bonilla Day. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie, Ellis. And happy birthday to Darren Ravel. No, happy birthday to Canada and to Nora mm. and to Bobby Bonilla Day. I'm sick of hearing about that, but happy <laughs> birthday to Bobby Bonilla. Awesome, awesome. We also got my Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. hey hey The international man of mystery taking it to New York, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. Lee Lee. And finally, the man, the myth, the legend, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Hey, JD, I know we're live right now, but I just want to tell you there's been an issue with my audio recording uh, device here. So, uh, Uh-oh. yeah, I mean, no, no turning around now. <laughs> it just said it's like low disc or something. I don't know what's going on. Oh Very my God, strange. Let's get that disc in there, bro. Uh, mm. uh, yeah. OK. Anyway, shout out to the stream team for joining us live here on YouTube. Smash that like button, leave your comments, and subscribe. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in, no dunks at theathletic.com. We hit the beach yesterday. Many larfs were had. Uh, we discussed which players could benefit from a change of scenery this summer. Talked about some of our favorite players to like go on an amazing like two- to three-year stretch or run, but then sort of fall off. Talked crazy NBA stats, stoner snacks, hard seltzers, pianos, Lee's buddy that vomits all the time. Uh, again, it's a very fun <laughs> beach stepping episode. So go check that out. And uh, finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. New shirt alert. Yeah, new shirt alert. No Dunks. Ooh. Phoenix Suns mashup now available for sale. The Photoshop boys meet the Valley boys. Uh, <laughs> available in t-shirt form and youth sizes and hoodies. So go over to nodunks.com, especially if you're a Suns fan, to get your hands on that sweet looking shirt. TK, you're a big fan of this one. Oh, man. I don't know. It feels like every shirt we come out with is our best shirt. This one is up there for me. I feel like we've been talking about the Valley jerseys since before the season started. Now the Suns are going to the finals. They've obviously been wearing them a lot playing at home. So I'm loving this. A little orange on there, a little purple. Oh, it's kind of like going from the starters to no dunks, orange to purple. Oh, classic. I love it. Go over to nodunks.com. Grab yourself one of those bad boys. Okay, let's get into the game. You said it there. Chris Paul leading the Suns past the Clips, 130-103, headed to his first NBA Finals and the first Finals for the Suns task in a long, long time. What do you think of the game? This is, this is simple for me. That was cool. I thought that second <laughs> half, Chris Paul, the way he did it was super duper cool. The first half, you know, he wasn't spectacular. He had 10 points in the first half. But when he checked in late in the third quarter, 143 left, it was clear he was going to take over. He took all the shots at the end of the third quarter for the Suns in their half-court sets, banged them all home. And then in the fourth quarter, 
just hitting shot after shot after shot. 19 points in the fourth quarter. He, he, he ended this series like he ended the Nuggets series with a bang. 31 mm-hmm. points in the second half. The most he's ever had in any half of NBA basketball. That's pretty freaking neat to go into your NBA Finals appearance. Your first NBA Finals appearance like that. 41, 8 assists, 0 turnovers when all is said and done. That has never been matched in uh, a Western Conference Finals history, any Conference Finals history. Thanks to Haberstroh for that. 41, it is a zero turnovers. It's just perfect Chris Paul. That is what he does. He takes care of the basketball. So it's just fitting going into his first finals. He said post game he never gave up uh, trying to get to his first finals. Then he said, but the big reason uh, he was there in Phoenix was the light-skinned guy right over there, number one, Devin Booker. And it was cool that Book started the series with the 40 spot and Chris Paul ended it with the 40 spot. Mm-hmm. They bookended it. And, uh, you know, you just start thinking about everybody's stories when when you know, all the uh, all the celebrations happened. Obviously, Chris Paul, 16th season, um, everything he fought through, all the – you know, the the takes on him that he's not clutch and he's coming through now. You know, he just needed a, an incredible sidekick. And here they go. Devin Booker, zero playoff games in his first five seasons. Now he's going to the finals. Jay Crowder, back-to-back finals with different teams with the Heat last year. Real Danny Green situation. Monty <laughs> Williams, you know, losing his life or his wife, excuse me, in 2016. Uh, and, and the way he persevered with five children to be here, him and Chris Paul, uh, their relationship going back to Monty Williams' first job in 10-11 when they were the New Orleans Hornets. What? Uh, forgot about that, that they were called the New Orleans Hornets. Their embrace post-game uh, was was something. Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick in the 2018 draft. That guy shot nearly 70% in this series. That's nuts. 18 and 14 for him. Dario Saric. You know, his journey, he was a Euro star, but then he was on the Sixers, couldn't figure out where his spot was. Then he went to the Wolves. Is he lost in this league? But we all knew he was a tough-ass dude. Now he's playing uh, for the Suns. Mikel Bridges drafted by the Sixers. Just another Sixers shot there. Abdul Nader trying to be the first Egyptian to win an NBA title. Shout-out to Al Abdenalbi. Campaign dropped by his last three teams, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Raptors. He went to China. He went to the G League, nearly out of the league. He had a game-high 29 points in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. So just all these stories. It's it's a bunch that... Led by Chris Paul, that you know maybe you wouldn't like, but also you know you love to hate, but you gotta love as well. There's there's lots of stories there, so those are the stories that we're gonna be talking about uh, the next week. And you know, even though it feels like we know everything about these players, there's already stories about Chris Paul playing two years of JV that nobody knew about, and so that's the fun part of this next week, just celebrating these dudes. Yeah, Trey, heading into this game at the end of yesterday's Daily Show, you were like, Chris Paul's got to play better. He's been sort of bad since he's come back. You know, they won those two games without him. He can't hit a shot. He's got to be instrumental in this game six. Put away this series. Go to your first finals. And uh, he did that. I don't know if he caught the show, but he definitely uh, came through in the clutch there. Like Tass took us through. He was uh, he was impressive, especially when the Clippers cut it to seven. They hit a, a couple threes there. It's like, whoa, they're right back in this. You can never count this team out. And then Chris Paul said, no, 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 no. I'm healthy for the first time in a long time here in a critical game. We're just going to end this. He was amazing down the stretch there. And Cousins was awesome for the Clips in scoring, but my God, were they like, ah, we're just going to pick uh-uh. on the big guy here. A hundred percent. Yeah, Chris Paul was awesome in the second half. And like Tass was saying, it was very capital C cool to see uh, basically him antagonizing Patrick Beverly to go to his first finals in front of the Clippers fans. 
Very funny to me that he shouted out Billy Crystal after the game. I mean, Billy Crystal, the biggest Clippers fan out there. Uh, so that was hilarious. But I also thought Chris Paul, you could tell from the jump that he was going to be playing a little bit differently. Uh, in the first half, like Tass said, only 10 points, but he had four assists. And he got DeAndre Ayton going. 10 points, seven rebounds in the first half mm-hmm. for DeAndre Ayton. It felt like Chris Paul was getting into the pick and rolls a little quicker and making it a point to get Aiton the ball inside. Aiton played with a ton of force. That made uh, the Clippers kind of have to play DeAndre Cu- or DeMarcus Cousins uh, a little bit with Zubats being out. And once that was the case, uh, once uh, Cousins had to be sticking Aiton rolling in the lane, Chris Paul's jumper, it was there. And, you know, he didn't shoot a lot of threes through the first couple of rounds here after he hurt his shoulder against the Lakers. But... He built up enough strength from shooting all those mid-rangers to finally start hitting some threes, and you could just tell he was locked in. The coolest of games that Chris Paul has ever had, I think you would have to say, sending the Suns into the finals, wearing the orange jerseys, that's on the list for a jersey that's going to stick around in NBA history, even if it's not a classic jersey. So yeah, special stuff from Chris Paul to raise the level of the Suns and to basically say, we're not losing this one. We're not going back to Phoenix and having to win it uh, in seven here. So caps off to Chris Paul. And that was a giant hat that man had on uh, <laughs> celebrating his finals appearance. That is the biggest hat I've ever seen. It was like almost like one of those Russian hats, but it had a bill on it as well. He deserved it. He could have worn it over a head, uh, like our headphones that we have on right now. Leo, what did you think of the game and, and, the, and Chris Paul going to his first finals here? Well, you know, the Clippers weren't going to give up, but uh, as Ty Lu sort of said afterwards, he felt that even in that first half, they showed a few mental uh, errors that sort of lead you to believe that all these uh, this incredible playoff run they've gone on did sort of start to catch up with them, and they needed another huge effort if they were going to get back into this one. But Chris Paul just was not going to let that happen. It was like, you know what, I am closing this series out here tonight. I'm not taking any chances. He hadn't been good in this series up until that point. Uh, but then he was like, there's just no way I want to give the Clippers any more life and any more chance in this series. And uh, I think you could just start to see it. The Clippers were just like, man, we've done a lot. We've accomplished a lot coming yeah. down back from a lot in uh, in all three series here. We've kind of been written off. We haven't had a chance to sort of just, just to get a little rest in at any point. And it was, you know, it was going to be a factor at some point. And, uh, you know, when they, as the lead sort of piled up there to 15, then 18, and then 20 points, you could just sort of sense that they were like, it's not going to happen tonight. So, um, you know, I, I, like the, the Suns deserve all the credit this morning, especially Chris Paul. But honestly, the Clippers have really, I think, uh, improved their reputation as well. Because where, you, where the playoffs started when they dropped those first two games at home to the Mavericks, and it was like, man, what a joke this franchise is and these players are. To get to this point where, you know, they, they forced a game six. I mean, they could have given up in game five, but they didn't. Uh, and, and again, without Kawhi Leonard there, I think was so impressive. So I think Ty Lue's done a great job. Paul George did a great job. You know, younger players like Terrence Mann, he, you know, he had some performances throughout the playoffs that were great. But it was just one too many uh, mountains to climb last night. And uh, credit to the Suns. They, they deserved it. They've been fantastic, these entire playoffs. And when you think about what happened in game one of their playoffs against the Lakers, you know, we wondered maybe Chris Paul might have, you know, done some other injury and the Suns might not have even got out of that first round, but he did. So 
uh, I think, you know, even if you're a Chris Paul hater, and there are still still some out there, that's fine. People, people, <laughs> he doesn't make people, it easy people. sometimes when he no, does he the doesn't. old he classic flop like he did yeah. last night with Cousins. But but if you're a basketball fan, you have to respect yeah. that, you know, what this guy has given to the game over his years. I mean, and at 36 to be doing what he's doing, you know, playing at this level is, uh, is an incredible effort, an incredible feat. You know, he's bounced around a couple of teams. He's been a superstar. And then it's kind of been like, you know, he had a year in Oklahoma City, which we will... Like, like, you know, they made the playoffs. They took the Rockets to seven games there. But it's like Chris Paul, Oklahoma City, that's where his sort of career has taken him. Now he finally gets a chance to make it to the NBA Finals where uh, the Suns go in his favorite. I, I definitely think no matter who they play. They have home yeah, court advantage fresh. regardless. Exactly. Yeah. They've, got, they've got at least a week off here. These other teams have got to play a minimum two more games. And both of those teams have got their superstar banged up. So yep. uh, I'm really happy for Chris Paul. Uh, I, I just think he finally got to where he deserves to go. And uh, it, it didn't collapse for him as it has done in the past where he's led 3-1 or he's blown things at the end of games. Instead, Chris Paul, it went in his way and he took control of that game. Mm. So I think it was great to see. What did you think, uh, Lily, of when, when things did get a little trippy there? And I guess it was going into a timeout with about six minutes to go. I, I still don't know if Chris Paul said anything. I think he just stared at Patrick Beverly. Now these two uh, have, a, have a long history of uh, getting into it with each other and they're both sort of hotheads and all that. But, you know, Beverly's pissed off and just shoves Chris Paul in the back. Uh, and down he goes, uh, <laughs> which maybe that one fair, you know, a decent shove, but down goes Chris Paul. Uh, and he gets tossed. But I know you uh, you are always pointing out sometimes uh, your frustration with a guy like Patrick Beverly. But what did you think of that one? Like that he deserved to be ejected. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like, because there's nothing in that play that, like, Chris Paul, I looked at it. I don't think he said anything. I don't think he so, gave yeah. him a, He gave him a little smirk and a little, like, you know. <laughs> it's sometimes worse, you, isn't it? Saying nothing. Yeah, but the, the way that Beverly reacted was a complete um, Bush League play. You know, shoving a guy from behind full force like that as well. There's no, I don't know what took him so long to eject him. Just like, just go, just get the f out. You're an idiot. Get out of here. Um, there's no room for that yeah. in basketball. You know, we should get, get suspended. No, I, I think you should get suspended for next season. It might. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least to start I, I, I was, I was thinking like a game or two, but the fact that their season ended, maybe that just sort of gives it. I mean, Andrew Bynum got seven games, I think, didn't he, for that thing on uh, JJ Barrera. So maybe he gets a game or two there. But the, the, the thing with Patrick Beverly is he had had some good moments in the playoffs here for the Clippers against the Suns. Yeah. He did. You know, he was good against Devin Booker, but then he just does these brainless, unnecessary, stupid things, which makes it very hard to sort of respect him because he's crossed the line there. You know, there's the, you, you just don't do that. You don't do that in a timeout when you're losing, you know, to this other star player like that. That's just such a, it's a punk move. And he deserves to be punished for it more so than uh, than just getting ejected. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. It's just, it just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth because this guy does have things that he can do to impact a game, but he does that. No one respects that. Nobody respects a player who does that on the court. So I'm glad he got tossed. And uh, yeah, I hope he does get suspended for a game or two. Yeah, what did Jay Crowder said after the game said, like, we knew we broke them there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did. Yeah, they were clearly frustrated and it was over. And Chris Paul had been doing his Chris Paul things, getting under their skin and, and obviously hitting shot after shot in their face. So you could see why you'd be frustrated. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying you know he shouldn't be suspended a game or two or whatever it is. Because yeah, it's a joke. I mean, that's also the classic. Beverly plays up the tough guy, but then he's going to push the yeah. guy in the back while he's walking away. It's like, come on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what, what did you think of that, TK? Just quickly, uh, of Beverly going crazy, throwing his take his jersey off, Rodman style. I did like that at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess he took his jersey yeah. off. Yeah, he deserved to get ejected. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know, it was a long time coming, exactly what Jay Crowder said, we knew we broke him, that's a great feeling, and many teams have had that feeling against Patrick Beverly, it seems like that's the way he goes out of the playoffs, doing something that makes him look like a fool, so, not a surprise, uh, Chris Paul, one of the few guys who can be so irritating to get under Patrick Beverly's uh, skin, that's pretty crazy, and you know, Chris Paul will make you root against Patrick Beverly, also impressive, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Weak sauce, as they're saying in the stream team. The sauce, it was bad. Uh, McMenamin, I saw writing, Chris Paul was the most accomplished player in NBA history to have never appeared on a final stage. Now he's going, so that's uh, uh, obviously well-earned, and that is now not his title to bear. Uh, He had the most all-star appearances, most all-NBA selections, started the most playoff games, scored the most career points of anyone without a finals appearance. So I asked on Twitter this morning, like, who takes that title now? Who's the who's the best player? I was thinking currently, but you can go all time if you want. Does anybody pop into your head, Tass? Uh, who now takes that that again that title away from Chris Paul? Best player to never make a finals. There were a lot of people saying Steve Nash. Uh, you know, Hollinger even was like, well, what about Giannis? Right, still currently um, as the as the one of the greatest players ever to never make one. Anyone else that comes to mind, Tass? That's solid. I don't know. I didn't read the replies to your tweets. Any mm. good ones out there? I mean, I would yeah, obviously. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, Nash, people but... were saying just the longevity of his career and and, and not well, getting Lil- there. Yeah, Lillard, I think uh, as well. He's probably uh, getting to that point as well. I mean, he's he's must. How many All Star games for Lillard? Seven or eight? Yeah, I was like, I said to Hollinger, I was like, I understand. Like, uh, Giannis is a great call. I mean, he's a two-time MVP for crying out loud and has a lot of accolades already. But it's like, I think people aren't saying him because he's only played like. What, eight seasons? Yeah, right? yeah. He's still got time. Yeah, it, it just feels yeah. like still young in his career. Uh, and maybe because he's two games away from possibly going yeah. to the finals anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mello, like I think there was a, a couple George Gervins out there. Uh, <laughs> McGrady? Gervins. Tracy well, McGrady. McGrady technically yeah. made yeah. It, but not really. But not, not really. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I thought it was a, a fun uh, little uh, Twitter back and forth with a couple people yeah. out there throwing it out. Consensus seemed to be like, like all time. There were a lot of people who were saying Nash. For sure, and I think that's again just because he's got two MVPs and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But anyone else, Trey, that we're, that we're forgetting? I can't believe it, but the one name that popped into my head instantly, Mark Price. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> I know that that's not the right answer. But for some reason, I was thinking Mark Price, uh, but I think Steve Nash is probably the right call. Uh, I guess Chris mean... Chris Weber, uh, yeah. you know, would be on the list. People are saying. The Joker, Jokic here, if you're going current yeah. day player and you're putting him into yeah. this sort of like, yeah, Lillard, Giannis category. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. This is Chris Paul making it at 30. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't put guys in their 20s. Yeah, I agree. Come on. Yeah, I agree. slow yeah. the flow a little bit. Yeah, I got Zion. I got Zion. Hasn't made it yet. <laughs> Luca for sure. Yeah. Relax. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. So we're very, very happy for uh, Chris Paul getting there and we'll, we'll see if. If they can win four more, I keep thinking thinking back, and I know he wasn't on the team, but like how just perfect it was that the Suns got invited to the bubble. <laughs> like, like go right. back to last year. Like, remember they're what were they six games back from making even the playoffs, of course, or, or the play-in game there in the bubble, and they're they're still invited because you you know we got to have some teams there, and they're technically still in it. And then they go eight no, but they talked about like even in this season, like wow, how important that was. You know, those were like those were do or die games, and they just strung eight together and Booker the game winner, and like it actually had some impact. And then of course you had Chris Paul, but it's just wild to think like 
no one would have cared whether or not they were invited, Trey. Like, nobody. We wouldn't have been like, what? How are the Suns not there? But, you know. Yeah, we were like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. We're taking 22 teams at this point. Crazy. We're less than a year removed from Draymond Green saying that Devin Booker needs to get out of Phoenix because he doesn't have enough help. <laughs> right. Whoops. Right. <laughs> not a great call there by Draymond Green. Turns out bringing in a Hall of Famer helped them. But, man, super impressive stuff. And super impressive. Jay Crowder showed up, hit some threes last yep. night. The guys that they brought in as veterans to add to the 8-0 bubble team showed up exactly when they needed to. Yeah, I mean, things went. I, I do think the Clippers ran out of gas. And you said it too, uh, Lee. Like, you've been saying it sort of throughout the series. That was their 15th game in 29 days. That's a hell yeah. of a lot. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Test. Do the Clippers win the series if Kawhi Leonard plays? Maybe. Uh, they, they have a great shot. It's their best player. So, yeah, it's quite possible. I, I'm i not going down the path of, uh, you know, the Suns missed guys, uh, missed the best players on the other team that they faced through the playoffs. Can't do it. Won't do it. I watched the Raptors win a championship uh, against, uh, you know, a Kevin Durantless and, and Clayless team. Warriors team in the end best team wins that's it uh, obviously the Clippers were um, were better with Kawhi Leonard <laughs> and they're better with Kawhi Leonard up in a suite instead of him joining them on the bench like he did yesterday. <laughs> yeah, get him out of there uh, yeah he finally joined the bench uh, for game six yeah Paul George ran out of gas uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt he played f- by by far uh, the most minutes in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and uh, he had so much on his back. And, and yeah, throughout the roster, I mean, they were broken by game two a little bit as well. I mean, they continued to fight back after that DeAndre Ayton alley oop on their head. They they were very, very, very impressive. Uh, but you know, the Suns uh, didn't fight in game five when they were up three one. They've never been in a situation like that. I'm sure a lot of their guys, I know, they haven't been in a lot of situations, but they're up three one. Looks like they're rolling to the finals, and they gave away that first half in game. Game five, where you know they're allowing Marcus Morris to get the matchup he wanted against Devin Booker, and then you see how they turned around in Game six. We're gonna we're gonna play how we want to play. We want to dictate. Mm-hmm. So how about Jay Crowder on Marcus Morris instead of Devin Booker? That's a good idea. Have a defensive player, and and he got physical with him, and he and he slowed their flow. And Chris Paul getting them into their sets a little bit more. So yeah, we could we can play the what if game with Kawhi. Uh, that, that's that's definitely. Uh, a reason for the Clippers to to think back on this series and think what if, but they gave it absolutely everything they had, and they were they were the second best team in this series. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. They, you got to come through in those little clutch crunch time moments, and uh, it didn't happen in game two. And that's you know always one of those hinge moments you look back at. Oh yeah, and you think, man, uh, maybe if Demarcus Cousins moves one foot to his right, maybe Jay Crowder mm. can't make that perfect sure. pass. Maybe this is a different series. Yeah. I mean, Jay here in the stream team, injuries are part of every postseason, true. Are they worth noting? Sure, but it's not an asterisk. And yeah, the Suns have benefited from some unfortunate injuries to other key players in every ser- series, right, Lee? I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm just noting that Anthony Davis, of course, banged up in, in the first series. No Jamal Murray at all for the Nuggets. They're, they're second best player by a mile in the second series. And then, uh, yeah, no Kawhi Leonard at all. Their best player. I think they do win the series if Kawhi Leonard plays. But again, that's just because we know how dominant Kawhi is. And it's. I think it's still a great series. I still I still think it's a well uh, hard-fought series. But I think the Clippers would ultimately win. I mean, they are missing their best player. But then again, Chris Paul didn't play the first two. 
and the Suns pulled it out. So those were instrumental. But Yeah, and last year on a pod, uh, I think I went through the last 20 years of putting an asterisk on every championship. That's right. And, uh, you know, you can you can continue to do that. I think Doc Rivers said if Kendrick Perkins doesn't get injured in 2010, I think he thinks the Celtics go on to win that championship sure. because he's, uh, his best five never lost a playoff series. So, yeah, it's unfortunately it is just a part of the game that uh, sometimes these things happen. I mean, go back to 1988, Isaiah Thomas. When he rolled his ankle, they were going to win that championship in six games, lose in seven because of that ankle injury. We could barely play there in game seven. So throughout the uh, entire history of the NBA, there's been instances of when, you know, a a team has had a significant injury to a player and it has potentially tilted uh, the finals or the deciding series one way or the other. That's just the way it goes. And ultimately, you talk about it in the time, but then you do just sort of look back and say, well, yeah, look, the Raptors won the championship. When Kevin Durant came back, and remember, he blew out his Achilles, and Clay Thompson injured his knee in Game Six as well. So there's always sort of a way you can sort of point to an injury at some point uh, that may or may not have impacted a series. But um, the Suns, you know, if Kawhi plays, maybe the Clippers win, maybe they don't. The Suns have been very good all season long. You know, they've been good at both ends of the floor. So maybe it is a tighter series, perhaps. Although it was, it was actually a fairly tight series yeah. still. So yeah. who knows? You can, yeah, you can certainly have that conversation all day long, but uh, it doesn't matter because yeah. the Suns win and they go on to the finals. Uh, here's a question. Trey, I don't know if we're going to get tickets for game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, head back down to the Fortress. But if we do and the Hawks hit a big shot, Will we be celebrating like Steve Ballmer? Will you be grabbing my thigh uncomfortably? <laughs> Squeezing legs. Oh, yes, Keats. I'm going high on the thigh at game six here. I mentioned it on Twitter. I have one friend in my life who celebrates exactly like this. What? Like a hard squeeze on the leg. He's also the only guy I know who still in our late 30s loves to like tap you in the nuts. We had to put, like, <laughs> a, a, a ridiculous guy. Uh, he's on Twitter. He has responded to my tweet. This man was in my wedding. We had to tell him back in college. We're like, man, stop squeezing our legs so hard. It really hurts. <laughs> and it catches us off guard because you're never expecting no. it. And then we had to put like a 20 year ban, a uh, 20 year friendship ban on nut shots. You know, yeah. um, this fella took down another fellow outside of a restaurant once upon a time with a straight up nasty shot to the Hibberts. And we're like, all right, guys, we're 35 years old at this point. We can't be hitting each other in the nuts anymore. But that's the difference. None of us are multiple billionaires. Steve Ballmer never had to have that conversation. So he's able to keep right. celebrating like that. That is the difference. Oh, my right God. There. It's so weird. <laughs> You see, I think it's the rub when he goes downwards. That's the weird part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. even like you're talking about your buddy who does the, the old claw to the quadricep, you know, it kind of gets your reflexes in your knee and your yeah. leg going. You're like, you know, I get that. I get that. Been there, done that. Uh, you know, I had, a, I had a baseball coach do that to me all the time. It's like, okay, you're a weirdo. But then the, 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 the next level is the rub down. Yeah. That, that's the really strange part. He gets in, he gets in his little squeeze. Okay. That's funny. But then there's the, like the double rub he goes he goes squeeze squeeze and then rub Rub. down for a little massage i mean that's the weird well i mean super weird part it it is weird (laughs) this is this is like even weird for him and that's saying something because anytime they show this man clapping or excited for his team like he it, it, that even looks weird. He claps weird to me. Like uh, So this was just next level. Uh, I, I've never seen this, Trey. I'm excited to see it down at the Fortress. Uh, I'm, I'll make sure I don't wear shorts that night. Uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah that's it's very dangerous. But, uh, man, yeah, with that, that's uh, that's an all-time gif right there or, or weird, weird billionaire moment at the very least, Lee. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I don't remember who it was on Twitter, but someone said Steve Ballmer committing multiple HR violations. Yeah, there's going to be a lot one. of lawsuits happening there. Because <laughs> you see the guy with the hat kind of like grabs him at, like on, 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 the, on our screen. So on he's the left pushing screen. his hand away. Yeah, he's like, he's like, come on, Stevie, come on, get that, knock that off. <laughs> oh, my God, it gets weirder every time I watch yeah. it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But listen, I guess you don't become the 11th richest person in the world if you're uh, normal. You've got to be a bit weird. And, uh, you know, this is this is a part of it. So. I'm, I want to try and make like, uh, uh, yeah, seize the day should now be squeeze the thigh. That's like uh, how we should start our days. Forget embrace the day. Uh, good morning, yeah. sweet world. It's all squeeze the thigh, Tass. That's what I want you to do today. All right. Make the most of it. Squeeze a couple thighs if you can. <laughs> Any other things uh, to add to uh to the Suns win, uh, we'll get to Paul George a little bit later in the show because I do have something I want to talk about with him. But uh, the, the celebration, you said, yeah, the Billy Chris. I mean, I thought the postgame celebration was mad weird. Like Chris Paul was obviously super excited, but he was all over the place. Uh, his emotions were going ping, 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 ping. Uh, little Wayne was there under the rope at one point, then suddenly back outside on the other side of the rope. And you said the Billy Crystal, I mean, uh, yeah, any other favorite moments, giant hats and just strange. They were they were pumped. I, I, they were very excited. Go ahead. Luke. You know, we, we sort of always talk about it a little bit. Yesterday on the show, too, you had an Alex Len Hawks jersey and a Rashid Wallace jersey. I want to see someone just wearing the conference champions shirt <laughs> when they didn't go on to win the championship. Like, I want to see a fan, <laughs> okay. you know, wear, wearing like one last year, for example, like Miami Heat Eastern Conference champions. I want to see someone wearing that around because... They simply exist for one day and that's it. You never see them ever, do you? Like, you never, ever see anybody go, man, yeah, man, we, whew, that, what a great year. We almost won the championship. We, <laughs> I mean, I want to see, the- like, uh, I don't know, Devin Booker or Eaton or Bridges show up to game one of the NBA finals. Yeah. And their yeah, tunnel fit exactly. is them wearing that shirt <laughs> or hat. That would be I crazy. Know. I mean, I, I get the celebrationary style. Like, yeah, hey, you're going to the yeah. finals, but I, I just don't get the t shirt still in the hat. It's like, this is irrelevant now, basically, yeah. because it's we, 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 you're not going to celebrate it if you don't win the championship. If you win the championship, then who cares about the conference yeah. championship? <laughs> That's not what you're winning. It's just, so It's just for photos and, yeah. hey, let's give this uh, what I still think is a very nice-looking trophy. The, the, those, uh, the bar, yeah, I think it looks great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it is weird. You make a great point, Lee, that the, the T-shirts are produced and <laughs> they're handed out and everybody wants one. At the time, they do at the very least. Ask. Uh, so I saw that uh, video of Frank Kaminsky chugging a beer through a sunroof or, or something in a, in a mini parade. That wasn't going back to Phoenix last night. That was an old video, right? Or was that yesterday? I thought it was last night. Oh, last night? Oh, I'm just confirming. Oh, I, I so assumed it was them arriving short back flight? to Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then and then people waiting for them. Oh, and then yeah. He, he hit the sunroof. Yeah. I mean, they're celebrating. Like, you don't see that very often. Yeah, they were really celebrating. It did feel like. But that's, those people are buying Western Conference Finals championships yeah, that's for true. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's fair. I mean, I, I saw a lot of Lakers fans like saying, oh, here, look at this clip of the times the Lakers won the Western Conference Finals. They don't even look at the trophy. They don't touch it. They don't care. You know, uh, job's not finished and all that. It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's a different circumstance. I believe they had just been to the finals. This one that was making its way around Twitter. Like they had, they had been to the finals the year before obviously had lost and we're like, come on, we got to go get this done. It's a, it's a little different than a lot of these guys, especially Chris Paul, making it for the first time ever. 
I don't think you should go overboard celebrating a Western Conference Finals victory, but I'm not going to hold it against you if you're very excited, right, Trey? Especially for a team like Phoenix, who a lot of people, let's be honest, had not going this far. Oh, I think they should celebrate it. It was awesome. Celebrate it for a night. You can watch uh, Hawks versus Bucks and then start planning for the series. This was a major accomplishment for all these guys going from out of the playoffs for a decade to going to the NBA Finals. And obviously it's a lot of their first playoff appearances. Uh, You know, we see sometimes like uh, a team will make the playoffs and have uh, a successful surprising season. And the fans will be going crazy for them even when they lose uh, once they return home. So I thought it was awesome to see them celebrating. And I thought it was hilarious that Frank Kaminsky had two viral moments last night. Despite (laughs) not really getting uh, to play basketball, he had uh, the gentlest push of Patrick Beverly. Uh, I feel like that was two Illinois boys giving each other respect right there. And then obviously chugging the beer through the sunroof uh, (laughs) once they got back to Phoenix. Yeah, I just didn't see... uh a little mini parade happening. I just, I just didn't know that that was a thing going back, but it, obviously they were expecting it, uh, waiting for them to come back. And of course they should celebrate every stinking moment, every single second to ha, have some freaking fun. Uh, n- nobody in the, in the NBA finals, whether it's the Bucks or the Hawks, uh, when they meet the Suns has won an NBA title, not one single player as John Hollinger pointed out. So freaking live it up. Yeah. They've got a week. To yeah. game plan, they can they can have a beer or two or three. Game one of the NBA Finals starts, uh, yeah, a week from today, week right? Today, July eighth. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they're not moving it up at all, right? Like I assume they're not. No, I, I, they 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 tend not to. But uh, I, I think I said the other day that often that's because of the international media. I think, yeah. but potentially, I guess. Oh well, it's still actually there's no. There's still media. Two games. Yeah. Two more games. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, it wouldn't be over by the earliest until, uh, yes, they're not. Sunday. They're so, so yeah, no, they won't move it up to Tuesday for no, that reason. No. But um, Thursday night, game one of the NBA Finals, and we yeah. just wait to see uh, who the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, are going to be playing as the favorites. Like you said, very likely as the favorites, I would think, uh, with game one in Phoenix in the NBA Finals. Wow, taking us back yep. to '93 here. It's crazy. The Suns' biggest health concern right now is Devin Booker's nose. This guy can't stop getting hit in the face. Like, every half he gets hit in the face. And I don't know, I don't personally think of Devin Booker as, like, a face-forward player. Like, some (laughs) guys have their heads way out in front of them when they're playing, but I don't know. It's like he got hit in the nose the one time, broke his nose all nasty, and now it it just is going to keep happening. So. I would be a little worried of P.J. Tucker if the Bucks make the finals. That guy's going nose for sure. Ooh, yes. You know, the, 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 the Suns historically would maybe actually prefer to start on the road. They're 0-3 as in 93 in the finals mm. on the road. At oh, home, excuse me. 1-2, and two, uh, uh, 2 and 1 on the road. Wow. They won both games in Chicago but lost all three in Phoenix. Man, crazy stuff. <laughs> Michael Jordan, man. Yeah, Michael. I mean, that's got nothing. Thing to do with <laughs> no, just a cool fact. I, I mean, look, I, who knows if the Bucks ultimately get over the Hawks? The Hawks have tied this thing up. It's two two, but I would love to see cash considerations versus Tory Craig in the NBA Finals. That would be a matchup I would have my eye on. My God, do you think he could shut him down? Cash is pretty good uh, on the on the perimeter defense. No, okay, nothing. I thought there was something. Sorry, man. It's a no-sell for me. Torrey Craig is not going to be a final storyline for me. I know people are talking about it. That's fine. He played last night. He did a great job. Good job to Torrey Craig. It will be fun for all the huge Torrey Craig fans out there. We're going to have to do 20 minutes on Torrey Craig, Trey Kirby. Uh, I'm sorry. We got got a whole week. Save it. Save it. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's true. NBL legend, Torrey Craig. Mm, Nice. Okay. Let's let's get to a little is this news, but we got to take our first break. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. My God, Steve Ballmer would love to get his hands on those jean shorts, Lily, and that little ad read. <laughs> no, that was a little funnier, was it? Good. Uh, let's get to Is This News. <laughs> Yeah, is this news? Some headlines for you guys. Uh, like I said, I teased it. Let's talk Paul George a little bit more. CBS Sports. Clippers Paul George questions the narrative of me not being a postseason player. Yeah, you had a lot to say about this, Lily. So is this news? Paul George saying, come on, you know, stop it already. What do you think? Uh, well, it's, it's not really news, I suppose, because I think part of the reason why he has the uh, reputation he has is because he talks so much in the media. It started, remember, in the OKC with, hey, you've never heard of Playoff P before, you're about to see it, and then he had a bad series. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with Paul George. Reasonable, normal basketball fans know he is a superstar. He has had his moments in the playoffs where he hasn't been a superstar. That's also what happens to almost every playoff star at some point. I mean, you guys know Kyle Lowry up close from when the Raptors finally made the playoffs after all those years. Remember, he was garbage in those first two years mm-hmm. when the Raptors got knocked out in the first round. Now, he's maybe the grope. So it just shows that over time that that narrative can change. But if I'm Paul George, if I had to say anything to him, say, just don't worry about what you see on the internet and what people say. People just want to get their jokes off. And it's kind of <laughs> like because you joined the Thunder and then you went to the Clippers, people are like, okay, this guy's an easy target, and then he bites on a lot of that stuff as well. So, look, Paul George is a superstar in the league. He finished fourth or third in MVP voting just a couple of years ago. He came back from a devastating injury, which could have potentially ended his career. You know, it's never going to change. People are always going to sort of go from game to game. You have a good game, it's like, yeah, see, he's not a he's not a bust. You have a bad game, people are just going to keep on piling on you. That's just the way it goes on social media. Uh, yeah, that's but, true, but I will say, like, after last night's game, he didn't have a good game, Paul George, in a game six, and again, I think the excuse is fair. Guy seems tired as hell. He played massive minutes, but there it felt like there were less people piling on Paul George last night. So maybe he has shook the narrative a little bit, Trey, where it's like, you know, he, he did a lot of it to himself. Like, like Lee said, I agree with that, but I didn't see a ton of like Paul George sucks. You know, like where was he in the, in a must win game? And maybe that's because he had the awesome game five to extend the series. But I, I think it's, it's diminished a little bit and it should because he was pretty damn awesome this postseason. No doubt. This was uh, Paul George's signature playoff run, especially once Kawhi Leonard went down. He saved the Clippers season a couple of different times and just wasn't able to do it for what? I don't know. I guess it would probably have been the fifth time if he did it last night uh, against the Suns. Obviously, he didn't have a great game, but he did have a great game five. But like Lee said, 
he gave himself the nickname Playoff yeah, P, yeah. and then he got bounced from the playoffs by Joe Ingles. That's what happened the same year he was a top five MVP candidate. Say less. Look at what Kawhi Leonard does, man. That guy gets no criticism from anybody because he never says anything. And also, like, look at Chris Paul. We used to have a B-roll for the starters called Chris Paul Boners that we would run every <laughs> single year yeah. when the playoffs came around. Until you get to the finals or, like, hit a playoff buzzer-beating game winner, this is going to be the narrative. It's like Charles Barkley said. Like, Charles Barkley is the perfect guy to speak on this, really, uh, as an all-time great who never won a championship. As a great player, you're going to get criticized until you do something special. Paul George has done a lot of things that are very, very good, very cool. He had a great playoff run, and I feel like he's got more people on his side now Mm -hmm. than he has in the past couple of seasons. But until he's got a ring on that finger or at least an appearance in the finals, people are going to remember him being playoff P. What do you think, Tess? Uh, These guys covered it. Nobody can really celebrate the accomplishments of a player. We're talking about Chris Paul. His nickname is the Point God. uh, But all people could do for, uh, you know, several years is point out uh, his misfortunes, how he did come up short in in key moments. Uh, But, yeah, he runs the show. He runs a team so, so well. Uh, he's had 16 years of showing why he's good. Uh, there's only 30 teams in the NBA. Most don't win it. Most don't even come close. Uh, but he's uh, yeah, he's there now, and uh, PG can just take that as an example. I mean, he had a, he had a great run this postseason. When you look at his numbers, uh, so so good uh, to be going, you know, 27 and nine and a half uh, rebounds. Like he was really really working it. He had a, he had a great Western Conference Finals, although he didn't shoot it from three all that well. But yeah, he ran out of steam. I mean, if he had somebody, if he had Kawhi beside him, it probably could have been different. Yeah, it's uh, you know people just need something to poke on. So when you, when Paul George gave them the red meat of calling himself playoff P and not performing, of course people are going to gobble it up. I mean, yesterday uh, people were too uh, too interested or, or, or um, you know watching the Chris Paul show and watching the Phoenix Suns celebrate. So I think that's why Paul George didn't get it. Didn't get the criticism. They you know they had something else to focus on, and uh, that's why. For a moment, people understand, like, Paul George is a great player. He's 31. I think Chris Paul is a good example that you can carry this into your mid-30s, even though, as Lee mentioned, this guy had that injury, you know, seven years ago, but he bounced back to have a phenomenal postseason. This was this was great, and he said this is one of the best locker rooms he's ever been in, and it showed. I mean, those guys worked together and played really, really well together. Paul George showed how freaking good he is. Those numbers are great. Those, those numbers are phenomenal. Yeah, I think uh, the part of this, though, is he he had good postseasons before this one. Mm. But because of the playoff P nickname, because of calling it a bad shot when Lillard hit one in his face, because of the blown 3-1 lead hitting the side of the backboard, that got you know everybody on him, and probably rightfully so a little bit, or the criticism, and it's like, come on, man, you're not that good, as good as you pretend you are. But he averaged, like, what, 20? I think if – I don't know, but he, I'm sure he was over a 20-point-per-game score – his entire postseason, probably much higher than that, I'm guessing, 23, 24 points per game over like six or seven postseasons prior to this one where he went to another level. But he's been good. Yeah, but- and, and that, that was on the paces too where, you know, he took the, the heater to seven games and it was like, you know, people love a, sort of an underdog then, but then he did force yeah. his way to the Clippers. And it's like, well, if you're going to try to make a super team, that also... Oh, and the Clippers sort of- pretended they were already champions without winning anything that whole yeah, year. Last yeah, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so those, those sort of things come into play. But, uh, but yeah, he, he's been incredibly fun to watch. And, again, considering they lose their, you know, their, their best player and they overcome a 2-0 deficit to the Jazz and win in six, where he was incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that should get more recognition than, uh, than it will get, but that'll kind of be swept under the carpet because they didn't go all the way. Yeah. Uh, our next headline, ESPN, LeBron James, Olympic career, likely over according to Team USA's Jerry Colangelo. Trey, I ask you as the American, is this news at all? Hmm. Uh, I think it's a little bit of news. It's kind of sad news, to be honest. I thought we would see LeBron in the Olympics one more time, but I guess hmm. if that's the case, it probably should have been 2016. LeBron had a kind of weird NBA or uh, Olympic career started way back when in 2004 when Team USA lost three times, finished bronze. To be honest, not enough LeBron and Melo on that team. It was Larry Brown rolling with, <laughs> you know, the mid 2000s stars. It didn't work out, but then LeBron came back and played on two legendary Team USA teams 2008, the Redeem team, probably the most famous Olympic team since the Dream Team, and then 2012, which is probably the best team since the Dream Team. But like I said, Probably should have played in 2016, but that was right after game seven. Mm. That being said, I am not ruling it out that LeBron plays in the Olympics again because Jerry Colangelo got a little spicy on this radio call. He said of LeBron, you know, father time takes its toll. If you're a human being, your body is built to go so long, depending on what your sport is. And then it's a downhill situation. Is Jerry Colangelo trying to lure LeBron Whoa. back by calling him washed? I don't know. LeBron right now is older than Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, Jason Kidd during their last Olympic appearances. Those are kind of some old heads that, you know, got uh, the legend card back in the day. But you're telling me a team's going to say no to a 39 or 40-year-old LeBron James if he wants to play in the Olympics one more time? Hmm. Have him play center, pass the ball every time. That'd be cool. Yeah, this is maybe not newsworthy because, like Trey said, he didn't play in 16. I always sort of forget. That. Yeah. I was like, I, you think he played in Brazil, but he didn't. Because if he had, he would have, that would have been his fourth Olympics, uh, which would have tied him with Melo. And then if he went on to play on this one, which he, he obviously could be on the team if he wanted to, that would have been the record breaking fifth. But uh, Melo holds on to the, to the four Olympic appearances. But Lee, what do you think? Yeah, well, he would have played, I think, if the Olympics went ahead as scheduled last year. Because ah, I, interesting, I that, yeah. Yeah, I, mm. I know that he said he wanted to play for Popovich, uh, who mm. was supposed to be uh, coaching the team. But obviously, uh, things changed there um, and uh, and he didn't play. So, yeah, uh, listen, I, the uh, LeBron has done so much for this game. He's played in World Cups as well. Uh, so he has done his part of representing the USA, going out there, winning a couple of gold medals. And uh, I don't hold it against him now because, um, you know, he doesn't, he, maybe as well, he's coming off the biggest injury of his career and he probably knows, you know, that he doesn't have, you know, just a, a infinity left in the NBA. He wants to be as healthy as he can to uh, try to get, get a couple more championships. So maybe he's like, you know what, I've done my time mm-hmm. for the uh, national team. Now I'm just going to uh, try to focus a little bit more on, on only on the Lakers. So I think he's, uh, I agree. I saw him in Athens. He he was great. He was a star. He was only out of his first season in the NBA. And it was like, he was a big deal back then in the international committee. So, uh, you know, here we are like 17 years later and he's, uh, you know, still, I mean, he could walk into the team if he changes his mind too. So, uh, you know, Hey, hey Kevin Love, get out of here. It's <laughs> hey, Jeremy Grant, get the hell out of here. It's LeBron's spot. Uh, I like this suggestion from Greg and the stream team who says LeBron should play in the three on three tournament oh, yeah. in the next Olympics. Yeah. Oh, with his son. 
Wow. Yeah. With two Brian, of his sons. Yeah, we, just sure. send, we just send the James gang to go win the gold medal. I love it. Oh, man. Or or somehow, I don't know how he would do it, but like that classic LeBron commercial where he's playing like an old man. He's playing like a kid. He's <laughs> business himself. LeBron. Yeah, yeah, business LeBron. Somehow just send a bunch of LeBrons. Uh, yeah, Tass, anything to add to this? Is it newsworthy, newsworthy at all to you? I guess the other thing that Jerry Colangelo said was LeBron made choices these last couple of Olympics not to participate because he's got a lot of other things going on in his life. Mm, movies. Um, yeah, he's busy. Um, but I think his time is over. And LeBron would say to that, yeah, I did have other stuff going on in my <laughs> life. I, I know we, we look at uh, uh, basketball players and think they should be playing basketball every second of their life. Uh, yeah. But LeBron, good for him. Uh, good for him to uh, to do other stuff and to bounce back from uh, that bronze medal that he got in 2004. I always I always forget going back to Athens when, yeah, the U.S. was was embarrassed by Lithuania a couple times, uh, or the the first time I should say. Then they lost to Argentina, but then they got Lithuania back in that bronze medal game. A little bit of redemption there in the end, which wasn't redemption at all. A bronze medal for most people is a heck of an accomplishment. But for LeBron, Iverson, Tim Duncan, and Melo, nope. Uh, uh, it, was, it was a terrible tournament for them. I am looking forward to uh, whatever talking head's going to run with the craziest hot take of LeBron is putting uh, the Looney Tunes championship over uh, the, the, the American team, you know, over playing with pride for his country. He cares more about Bugs Bunny task than he does about getting another gold medal it's coming mm. you just wait mm. i can't wait uh final headline here you just gave somebody the carrot man yeah man, what's right up there. doc uh final one cbc oh yeah let's go up to cbc for canada day here uh canada clinches group a semi-final berth with a commanding win over china that's who they played last night just to point out i mean they, they dominated them as as they should they're in the driver's seat here uh task they went two and zero in group a that's it we are now into the knockout phase of this little mini tournament. You got to win it to go to Tokyo. So they're going to play the second place team from Group B in a sudden death semifinal on Saturday afternoon. Now it's likely going to be the Czech Republic or Turkey. Those are both, you know, really solid teams. But you win that, and then you go into a one game showdown on Sunday to try and get to Tokyo. But good stuff here. I saw Grange pointed out Canada is getting some rest here just because of the schedule. So you know, you get this day off before the semifinal game. They're healthy at the moment. It feels like Nick Nurse has definitely sort of figured out his rotation just quickly here through the the first couple of games. You know, it's start Corey Joseph, start Barrett, Wiggins, Trey Lyles, and Powell, who's been great. I saw you tweeting about him last night, Tass. And then the bench is really Alexander Walker, Dort, of course, and uh, (laughs) Andrew Nicholson. And there is a name that some of you may have forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember the, I wish we had a photo of Andrew Nicholson. That guy looks so old. It's amazing. He's an old man. Yeah, he He is. like a top. 11 pick or something like that. Was, Wait, he, was, he, that was, was he drafted by the Magic? Uh, yeah, I think he went Magic. Orlando, Washington, and... He, and he played in... I think he played the last four years in... I want to say in, in China. Uh, it was definitely overseas. But he, he actually is... He can score. He, he's a weird player, but he, he can shoot, especially in the international game. It's a little little closer line. So anyway, that's the lineup. And it's set up here for them to, ask to, to do this, to actually pull this off and try and get to the Olympics for the first time since the Steve Nash days back in 2000. So I'm excited. I'm going to be sweating these games this weekend, though. <laughs> I am. I mean, it's, I no, it's really great. want them there. I just want them in the Olympics to then yeah. cheer them on there. Not that they would medal or anything, but they, they should get there. Yeah. 
they should. They're the favorite. They should. It's cool seeing Andrew Wiggins uh, perform at yeah. two expectations. I mean, he is the best player on the floor. He should be dominating. And, uh, you know, he's not shooting a ton. He's playing within the team game. But, uh, to, you know, to be executing uh, is is cool. FIBA Wiggins is real. He had a 20-point night uh, against China. And, yeah, again, you know, he didn't he didn't shoot a ton, but he's efficient. He's doing his thing. He's he's Golden State Wiggins out there, just just playing his role. He needs other scorers to make it happen, like old Andrew Nicholson. Man. I love saying that name. Uh, yeah, he's he doesn't have the athleticism to play in the NBA. No. He doesn't really have a three point shot. He's got the, a bit of an old man bod out there, but in the FIBA game, he kicks ass Man, uh, because you don't need as much as uh, athleticism. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of love and honor for the big booty guys out there. When you see Andrew Nicholson out there shaking that thing, man, he's uh, he's great out there. Yeah, old Chris Paul, the thirty-six-year-old, uh, doing it in the NBA, and then uh, Andrew Nicholson with that butt making things happen against uh, China. They, there he is. They kicked ass. <laughs> it's Andrew Nicholson for everybody on the. Uh, oh, he looks, he looks slender there. He does actually. You're right. All right. I'm just like looking up his what what is his actual age? We keep calling him old, but oh, he's 31. Okay, he's actually older than I even thought. But he uh he looks I think a lot closer to 41. He just has that look in his face. But I I am pumped for this. And this is big. Honestly, I I'm, I'm being serious here. Like this would be big for Canada basketball because they need the team in the Olympics to drum up more support from casuals. Yeah, the sickos are into it. Yeah, they're cheering them on. And it's amazing we got a lot of these NBA players committing, but we want more eventually. And to do that, it'd be good if you make the Olympics. Just being there, that's something. So I, I hope to God they win these two games. And, and, I, and they're not a lot because these are good teams. Anything can happen in a one-game situation. You know, you can just... Andrew Wiggins can just go two for 15 or RJ Barrett, same thing. All these guys. So it's, it's not a given, but... They do have a bunch of guys contributing right now, and the rotation seems sort of set there. And they move the ball, 30 assists on 43 field goals in that game against China, so that's good. So we'll see. Go Canada this weekend. Uh, so we just we got to have Team Canada versus Team USA at the very least in an Olympic game. I mean, just so we can set the line, how badly would they uh, – well, I mean, I don't even know what we would set that line at, Trey. It's got to be like 25, 30 probably. 69 and, points. Oh, my God. I'll take, the, uh, I'll take that. I'll take Team Canada to cover that. Anyway, we'll see. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Last time I had Tweet of the Night, terrible night on Twitter. Mm. Made up for it last night, though. Great night on Twitter. So you got two tweets of the night. Our first one, not great to talk about, but it is must-see tweeting comes to us from the LA Clippers. <laughs> Vin Diesel in the building nice. for game six. <laughs> Throw it YouTube up in Civil <laughs> family. This is a little bit like a sequel to Vin's appearance at the 2012 Olympics, where he threw up a thumbs up when they showed him in the crowd, going with the heart. Now, everybody knows Vin Diesel loves sequels. So here's another sequel. Our second tweet of the night, big one. The NCAA, NCAA is now allowing all student athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness, which is huge news, and yep. also garnered a very funny tweet. From basketball podcaster J.J. Redick, who tweeted from 2004 to 2006, I would have made a bag on name, image, and licensing endorsements. Sadly, I would have blown it all on Natty Light and Lacoste polos. <laughs> <laughs> With the collars popped, of course, J.J. Redick 
a massive star in his days mm. at Duke back in the day. He would have made a bag. My question to you guys, if you got a J.J. Reddick-sized bag back in 2004 to 2006 when you were attending college or university, whatever you call it, what would you have blown your bag on? For me, it comes down to three things. T-shirts from the thrift store. I always remember my friend Pat Murphy having one uh, that said, Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40 when he was only like 18 years old. Probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. Number two, Abercrombie and Fitch track jackets. (laughs) I don't know why. Track jackets like 2001 to 2005, the Reddick era, man. Track jackets were killing. I got one on today for the lads. Um, But most of all, I would have spent most of my money. Did you guys have Express? Did you have, like, uh, the Store Express? It was Structure prior no. to that. They're no, big... Th- that, I just saw it when John Collins was there. John Collins <laughs> was being endorsed by Express recently. Oh, that's a, what that... I knew there I you go. it. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like um, a store for young professionals, like yeah. people who want to buy their first, uh, <laughs> you know, like their first shirt with a stripe on it or something like yeah, that. like <laughs> Zara or something. Like yeah, that. exactly. Back in, back in school, we called them money shirts. Like if you were going out, you had to look money. You put on your money shirt. You got a collar. You got some big old buttons. Maybe if you flip up yeah. the cuffs, they're a yeah. different color. Would have went crazy at Express buying money shirts. That's good. Uh, yeah, we, we would just, I guess, 04 to 06, we had just finished uh, university. But Taz, correct me if I'm wrong, that would have been around the sweet spot that we had. We were sharing uh, Raptors season tickets uh, somewhere in that window, or was that a little bit, was that in school? Anyway, point is, I think we would have upgraded. We were up in the nosebleeds. So if possible, if we had some more money. You upgraded right away. You I did upgrade joined. with Grish, didn't you I? Joined, you joined for one year, and you said 300 level. I'm Get back. out of here, man. This is too high for me. <laughs> no, I'm getting nosebleeds you. up here in the Sprite <laughs> section. This is basically the Sprite section. I hate Sprite. Uh, <laughs> you get that kind of money. Yeah. Get it, get but, man, oh, if we had that sure. money, courtside seats at a Raptors game, watch them lose all those games. Oh, it'd be great. Just to see it up close and personal, grab some thighs when Bargnani turns it over. Hell yeah. Oh, dog, if you show up at a, in a money shirt, come oh, on. Yeah. Like, yeah. get this guy courtside yeah. right now. Look how big those buttons are. Yeah, money shirts were big. You're right. I would have upgraded my money glasses. Shirts. I was looking at photos of me. I had glasses back in that time. And, geez, they were the worst. I don't like. I don't know. Who I don't know how people let me wear them. There was like these were not cool. They were bad, even for 0405. Uh, but Lee, you have an answer for this? You're out of school too, but what would you Yeah, well, when I first came out of school, I would have put all of that money into a car just to uh, you know, I had personalized license plates. Oh, God. I bought these <laughs> I bought these uh, sheepskin uh, car seat covers. Wow, yeah. it didn't take you for a car guy like that. Yeah, I, no, that's the thing. Like I remember you know, sort of having a push and pull there with my dad. He's like, Don't put money into your car. Like it needs to run, it needs to be safe, but don't yeah. waste your money on it. No, Dad. Uh, I put a CD player in there. I bought that off a friend. I got someone to install it for me. Put all this ridiculous uh, money into my car. Well, because I, uh, you know, you want. I, I wanted to have a cool car. What was uh, it? It was well. It was called. Um, it would be a Chevy. It would be a, a, a Chevrolet, um, <laughs> the equivalent over here. That's uh, General Motors, isn't it? Over here, I think. Because it was called a Holden Commodore yeah. in Australia. Oh yeah, like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the cool car. I mean, it was like 12 or 13 years old when I first got it. But it was like I tried to make it, you know, sexy. But uh, you could only do so much. And I remember I bought these ugly, ugly blue car seat covers one time. I just thought, yeah, they're cool. 
Oh, they weren't. No. Oh, they weren't. <laughs> like to cover your seats, do you? Yeah. Change up the like interior. Going on in that car. I like. I like to. Yes, but uh, that because I remember as well when I uh, I just started working and uh, and you know you I was earning like. I don't know, 15 grand a year or something like that, my first job. I wanted to buy a car for $20,000. And dad was just like, what? You, I mean... <laughs> you had older Why brothers you... too. Didn't you get any like pass-me-down cars and stuff like that? Well, that's it. My first car was my oh, okay. older brother's first car. Yeah, I had to buy that off him um, for about three grand. <laughs> but I put I put my own personalized yeah. plates on that before the uh, purchase had gone through. So <laughs> got the plates first. Ah, huh? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that that I think is a VP Commodore from around 1990. Yeah, mine was actually a VH uh, VH Commodore, red one. It was a cool color. Yeah, red one. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, you just reminded me when you said you installed a CD player. Do you remember there was a time when people were putting in like the the five disc, the ten disc CD oh, player yeah, the in the trunk of, of their yeah. car? Oh, what a yeah. crazy concept yeah, when you yeah, think about it. Yeah, but that was the, the thing. first CD I the first CD I bought to play was uh, Gangster's Paradise, Coolio. <laughs> 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 the single of it. <laughs> wow, you had the instrumental, did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there it so is. that's also, I think, a V, V, uh, VN. <laughs> Jesus, JD, is. don't you know yeah. anything about cars? Yeah. You know, oh, you know, I've got a photo of me with my car there with the license plate somewhere, but it's probably a bit too hard to do. I bet you had now, nicer yeah. wheels and hubcaps than that. Those are yeah. ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll put some spinners on that. That wow. thing is ugly yeah this is just this uh, is yeah, just funny getting me you... pumped for fast and furious podcast now yeah a lot of holding commodores and, fast <laughs> and furious. yeah well were you the only person in australia lee to have a, a six disc changer that had only singles playing it <laughs> no, <laughs> six no, no. songs uh, my mate my mate around the corner had the 10 disc uh, but it wasn't a stacker though i'm pretty sure it was like it was a flat thing that yeah oh yeah those were than... definitely yeah I remember yeah those. so it took up his whole trunk yeah you know, but it was like, but it was still cool because, like, man, he's got 10. Wow. He had a phone in his car as well, a phone. But he could never use it because it was like eight bucks for like, like 10 seconds on the call. But yeah. Car talk. Oh, my goodness. Do it all day here. Uh, okay, just quickly here as we wrap this up, what's something you're watching for in game five tonight? Because we do have a game on again here. Uh, Hawks versus the Bucks. No Giannis. That's, a, that's official. Trey Young, I think, is still up in the air whether or not he is a go for game five. But Trey, what are you watching? Yeah, Trey Young was a super late scratch for game four, like an hour beforehand, right? Nate yep. McMillan walked up to Lou Williams and said, you're starting. Lou said, okay. Mm-hmm. And then just went out and played a, an incredible playoff game in his very first start. That's why to me tonight, uh, assuming we got no Giannis, great news to hear that no structural damage for him, but obviously he's still hurt. Uh if we're guessing Trey Young doesn't play, the key to me then is going to be Drew Holiday. The guy's a great two-way player, but it feels like in this uh, series so far, he hasn't put together the two ha- the two ways in the same game. Like he's had a great offensive game, but then Trey Young goes for forty something, or he's locking Trey Young down on defense but bricking away on offense. So far, Drew Holiday has been under forty percent in half of his playoff games so far. He needs to be the best guard on the court. Uh, if the Bucks are going to win, that means he's got to lock down Lou Williams a little bit, assuming he gets the start for Trey Young. And he's got to punish Lou on the offensive end a little bit as well. So I think a big game for Drew Holiday can give the Bucks a win. Tass, anything to add to this? Game five tonight there in Milwaukee? 
Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis does play. I know he's Whoa. doubtful right right now. Um, it, that's that's the the latest listing that I'm seeing. Uh, but I mean, he is just he is so freaking tough, and I'm sure he wants to play really badly. Do they keep him out till Game Six? I, I think that's yeah, you know, it's a, it's obviously a possibility because I think the Bucks bounce back just with the way they played. Mm-hmm. Because the first half against the Hawks, they didn't go to the hoop at all. They averaged 17 restricted area shots per half uh, throughout the postseason. They only had seven uh, in the first half of Game 4. They just weren't right, and I I know Giannis is a big part of that. Uh, So we probably see a lot of Brook if Giannis isn't around uh, just to to try and balance uh, the inside and the outside game with with Drew and Chris Middleton, who should have a bounce-back game. But uh, the the Hawks have a fight tonight, no matter what, even uh, even though it's... You know, unlikely Giannis plays, uh, but uh, I'm sure he's going to do absolutely everything in his power to play. Lee, you're in New York. Where are you going to be watching this game? Just uh, there in the apartment? You're going to go out to a bar? Oh, boy, we there's found the, the photo. The, yeah, there's the photo, and you can see the uh, the personalized license plate there on the, uh, <laughs> at the No, front. sir, I'm not interested in these knives you're selling. Get out of <laughs> here. a cricket bat? That's a cricket bat. That's a cricket bat. So that cricket bat, right? So I bought this cricket bat in uh, England when I was on a trip, and I came back. And I play with it, and you've got to knock it in. I, th- I don't know if you do that with baseball bats, but you've got to sort of break it in, you know, wear it in. Uh, and I didn't do a good job of that, and it all cracked. And so, so I sent it to Slazinger in Australia, and they sent me back that bat, which was personally signed by my favourite cricketer, Mark War, at the time. So you can sort of see it's still in the plastic. I never took it out of that. For you know what a while. we've learned about did. you as a young lad in Australia? You did a lot of fucking mailing. You mailed so much shit. I swear to God, every second story is you mailing something to somebody and getting it back somehow. Yeah, well, kids will never know that these days, you know. Kids I don't know what it's like when you when you post something like to America to a team like the Knicks or whoever, and, and you have to wait like three months and you get that response, and it's like, yes, it was worth it. Yeah. Now it's just like FedEx everything, email it, whatever, and you get it in a day. It's just not the same. Right. There's no romance anymore in the mail system. Yeah. <laughs> was that photo taken on the set of the Beastie Boys sabotage video? <laughs> <laughs> this man looking like Michael Diamond <laughs> out <totally> here. <laughs> you got better hubcaps, you're right. Can't stand it! My cricket bat is broken! <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't know if you can... We can't really zoom in, but I think you can see the ugly blue car seat covers. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Yeah, I, I we can imagine can, them. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say, JD? Yeah, you look like the meanest Mormon ever. Yeah. <laughs> I think he even looks even like you've got a name it. tag. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's I'm on my way to work at McDonald's. Oh, uh, Becca's. Yeah. So, yeah. Elder so badass. Wow. Oh, what a way. with that. What a way! Oh, uh, anyway, I, I did ask. Yeah. Where, where are you watching the game tonight? There in New York. State? Oh, I'll be watching it. I'll be watching it here. Okay. Um, but yeah, look, the Bucks have gone from like you know this being a potential end the series game to now like must win for them really, because uh, yep. they don't want to have to come back to Atlanta and have to win that game. So um, uh, it's it's going to be huge. So I, I don't think Giannis plays. I think because it's not necessarily season uh, series ending tonight, they may just say, listen, let's give him a couple of days rest mm-hmm. because. If we lose, we definitely need him in game six. So uh, some big question now for the Bucks: whether or not, you know, Middleton and Holiday, as you guys mentioned there, can those guys step up and carry this team? Because uh, uh, they need this win badly tonight, I think, Milwaukee. Pivotal game five, some would say. Pivotal. Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow on the Drop Podcast. Tomorrow is Friday, is that right? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's been a, 
I'm struggling more than ever with what day it is. Just (laughs) day of the week. But yes, tomorrow is Friday. We'll have the drop podcast. We'll be talking about game five between the Hawks and the Bucks and and whatever else we get into. Keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, Marcus Thompson had an awesome article yesterday on uh, Rick Welts, the Hall of Famer. Highly recommend it. So get an athletic subscription so you can read it. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunk so they know that we sent you. Go to nodunks.com, especially if you're a Suns fan. Congratulations again on your first finals berth since 93. There it is, the no dunks mashup tee there with the Valley Boys. Rally the Valley. Grab one of those and then buy it. But, you know, buy it, get it, take a photo and tag us on Instagram or Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, days of the week. 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 There's Monday and there's Tuesday. There's Wednesday and there's Thursday. There's Friday and there's other days. Uh, Embrace the week. Squeeze the thighs, people.